Let us pray together. Our Father, we thank you that in your faithfulness you never let go. We come together this morning as your people. And for many, it has been a very rough week. Father, for all of us, we need to hear from you. So we ask that you, by your Spirit, would do your work in our hearts as we open your word. Father, come and minister powerfully. Walk with each one of us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. I can remember sitting in my church growing up in Pensacola and hearing about missionaries around the world. When I was a young child, I remember hearing about a young missionary couple, the Woods. Our church supported them. They were graduates of Wheaton College. They were killed in a plane crash in a remote area of southern Mexico. They left behind five young children. Two years out of high school, I decided to go to Mexico to work with some other missionaries for the summer. So a friend and I had a 25-year-old Jeep that became our transportation from Jackson, Mississippi to southern Mexico. It was an amazing adventure, taking more than a week to get there in a vehicle with no doors, and it was so loud we could not hear each other scream. And our goal on the trip was to climb, not go around every mountain that we saw. And we did pretty well. We arrived into the city of Acapulco there on the Pacific. And by the end of a very long and stressful summer, I decided that Acapulco was beautiful, but not for me. In fact, I said I would never go back again. Um, Some of you know a little bit about my story and know that God had other plans. And Rita and I ended up in Mexico for eight years, most of that in Acapulco. That's where Joseph, our oldest, was raised and Sarah Jane was born during our time there. But in the middle of the summer, the missionary that we were working with said, let's go to the mountains tomorrow. So we were off for a few days of travel to an indigenous area down the coast and then up into the interior, um, a very remote area. And when we arrived there, the missionaries started telling stories of missionaries who had been killed there. I knew the story from my childhood and I was fascinated by it. We ended up in a graveyard that changed my life as a young follower of Christ. We located the graves of the woods, the missionaries who had given their lives to take the good news of the gospel to people who had never heard. And on their gravestone were the words, faithful in life, faithful unto death. Now, I don't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday. It was probably Mexican. But I remember that day. The missionary stories of my childhood came together with the reality of those whom God the Father had called to proclaim the good news of His Son Jesus by the power of the Spirit. Faithful in life. Faithful unto death. Revelation 2 speaks of the church in Smyrna one of the seven churches of Revelation, going through trials for a period of time. And then it says, be faithful unto death. And since that time of being in that cemetery in Mexico, the concept of faithfulness 
has always captured me. This past month, Jeff has been leading us through the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Paul challenges us here with different aspects of a unified whole, which is to be evident and growing in the lives of those of us who are following Christ as we grow in grace. We've been challenged and we've been encouraged to consider the aspects of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And today we're going to be looking at faithfulness. Faithfulness is to be growing more and more in our lives. First, let me ask, what does faithfulness mean? To be faithful is to be loyal, constant, steadfast, firm, committed. It is not being a fair weather friend or one who takes advantage of another. Faithfulness is doing what you say you're going to do. Faithfulness is being consistent with truth. One dictionary says faithfulness is a faithful reproduction of the portrait. The Christ follower is faithful when Jesus reproduces himself in us. He is the portrait and we are the reproduction. The fruit of the Spirit is really a description of Jesus. But a maturing follower of Jesus is one in whom the Holy Spirit is cultivating the fruit of of the Spirit. So a maturing follower of Jesus is to look more and more like Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is like a multifaceted diamond, and every face on that diamond goes to make up the whole. The different elements of the fruit of the Spirit are all interrelated, and they don't stand each alone. Tim Keller says it this way, the fruit are one another. They depend on each other so intimately that they are essentially the same thing, holiness. He says that to see the real level of the Holy Spirit in our lives, go to the weakest link in the chain of the fruit of the Spirit. And that as you grow in that weakest area, you can be assured that the Spirit is working. Today we consider faithfulness, and in a very tangible way, all the elements are especially affected by faithfulness, because our being full of faith affects everything. You're not to pick and choose and be content with certain aspects of the fruit. God is working the whole thing in his followers, and we want to say um, no more talk about patience. That one I really struggle with. Let's talk about love and joy and peace or even faithfulness. But getting a good grip on the faithfulness of God sets the context for true patience and joy and peace to be the outflow as we trust in the God who is faithful. We look at the faithfulness of God this morning God is faithful in his character. Faithfulness is used in scripture well over a hundred times to describe both the character of God and to describe 
the calling that he has put on his people to be faithful. 2 Timothy 2, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. That is who God is in his very nature and in his character. This sets the context for everything else that we will see this morning as we talk about faithfulness. God is faithful to his word and promises. Psalm 33, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. In Psalm 86, David says, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. From no more floods covering the earth to his love for us, God is faithful. In that first promise in Genesis 9, God says, no more floods will cover the earth. And God sealed it with a rainbow. And we continue today to see the symbol of that promise because he is faithful. God is faithful to his people. And in Nehemiah 9, the Israelites confess their unfaithfulness and then say to the Lord, in all that has happened to us, You have remained righteous. You have acted faithfully while we acted wickedly. God is faithful to call his people to himself. 1 Corinthians 1, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let me tell you another story. This one happened in Mexico also. The year was 18... 95. The president of Mexico, Porfirio Diaz, contacted Queen Victoria in England to ask for help to develop the Mexican Navy. Queen Victoria sent Captain Reginald Carey Brenton, officer in the British Royal Navy, to start a naval academy in Mexico. He labored in Acapulco for five years, training young cadets. But years before that, God had called Captain Brenton to himself. And this tough leader of men walked with the Lord, whether in England or Mexico, whether on land or on sea. God called him not just to train the young cadets of Mexico on the sea, but to teach them from God's word. After about five years of service in Mexico, he returned to England And a few years later, he retired from military duty and he headed back to Mexico where he lived in Acapulco. He was a follower of Jesus and he was passionate to spread the word of God in Spanish. And he would travel up and down the coast of Mexico with Spanish Bibles, giving them out and presenting the gospel of grace. God called Captain Brennan to himself. And he calls you and me to himself. God is faithful to always love his people. God promises time and time again to love us. Jeremiah 31, the Lord says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. The truth is that some of you right now desperately want to believe that you are loved with an everlasting love faithful love. But in truth, you are feeling distant and separated from God 
and His love. You're going through trials in your life that seem as if they are life-shattering. It seems as if your nightmare has come true. The Apostle Paul steps into our world, having been through beatings and shipwrecked, imprisoned, blinded. And he says in Romans 8, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, nakedness or danger or sword? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In the irony of our faithful God, it is often in the midst of those very things that we experience the most profound love of God. I don't like it, but I do have to tell you that it has been through the very premature birth of twins, through Rita's cancer, through my own open heart surgery, through the deepest pains that I have walked dealing with my own brokenness in life, that I have experienced the deepest love and faithfulness of God. Sometimes the most loving thing God can do is to not give you what you ask for when you ask for it. Garth Brooks, the great theologian and country singer, says it this way as he tells of going with his wife to the hometown football game. And there they run into his old high school flame. And he sings, And each night I'd spend praying that God would make her mine And if he'd only grant me this, then I'd never ask for anything again. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayer, remembering when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he may not answer doesn't mean he don't care. Then he ends the song, Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. God sees the whole picture. He is faithful to not give us what will ultimately not be for our good. What would our lives be like if our faith really allowed us to trust like that, believing that God was for us? Psalm 85 says, Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss. That's our faithful God. God is faithful to always forgive His people. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is God and He never grows weary of forgiving us. In Christ, our sins, past, present, and future are all forgiven. He can do no less For he is faithful to his promises and to who he is. God is faithful to answer the prayers of his people. Psalm 143, David says, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. 
and your faithfulness and righteousness come to my relief. Some of you have heard me tell the story of my grandmother praying for me when I was young. Um, She told me, she said, Joey, when you get big, I want you to be a preacher. And I said, Granny, um, thanks a lot, but I have other plans for my life. And um, she said, well then, I'll just pray for you. And I said, fine, pray all you want. I have other plans for my life. Um, God does answer prayers. What are you praying for? Know that God is faithful. God is faithful to walk with us in our trials. 1 Corinthians 10, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. What are you facing right now? Do you know that God is with you? God calls us to be faithful, to continue on in spite of and through the circumstances. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. We know God calls us to be faithful, but how do we do it? Do we just try a little harder? God works faithfulness in his followers. And we long to be faithful, but how do we do it? First, let me say that our motivation is to consider what great things he has done for us. 1 Samuel 12 gives us the key to this being our motivation as it says, serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. We recount God's faithfulness to us. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. Our source of strength to be faithful comes from the faithfulness and the power of the Lord. Hebrews 10, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Galatians 2, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me. So the life I now live in the body, I live because of the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. His faithfulness and his power strengthen us. And then Colossians 1, the last verse says this, For this purpose, talking about helping each other become mature in Christ, about growing in grace, about cultivating the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. For this purpose also I labor, Paul says, striving according to His power, which mightily works within me. It's His power working in us. Don't dare walk away from a sermon at Orangewood and think you've heard to just do better, try harder, in your own strength, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Labor, yes, but knowing that it's His power mightily working in you. That is His faithfulness. We are to be faithful to God's gifting of us. Captain Brenton 
gifted by God, returned to Mexico to spread the word. 1 Peter 4, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. How has God gifted you? If you've come into a relationship with Him, if He's called you and His faithfulness to Him, you are gifted. Trust Him in that. Those of you who are married, do you encourage your spouse in his or her giftedness? Those of you with friends who are so gifted, do you encourage them and others to serve the body of Christ? Some of you are especially gifted to serve in community groups. Zach announced it. Larry needs you. We need you. Your church needs you. How are you gifted? Will you follow him and how he's gifted you? We're to be faithful to God's calling and God's leading of us. The annals of the history of Acapulco records that early in 1921, Captain Brenton was notified by, that the Crown Prince of Wales had just ported in Acapulco and had requested Brenton's presence. He donned his gleaming dress whites And he was taken on board the ship with the crown prince. He received a military salute. And then he was taken back to land. And when he returned to land, he said this, I have served my country and I've served my king. And the rest of my life will be to serve my God. He changed his dress whites into his normal clothes. He packed up his donkey with all these Spanish Bibles and he headed down the coast for what would become his last trip. He ended up in a small town where he rented a room and did his missionary work. In April of 1921, Brenton died and he was buried there in Ometepec. Captain Brenton was faithful in his calling as sea captain and he was faithful spreading the good news of Jesus, walking the coast of Mexico, giving out Bibles, being a lover of people. We too are called to be faithful in whatever it is that God has called us and in however it is that he's gifted us. We are to be faithful also in our dependence upon him. We are utterly dependent upon the faithfulness of God. Psalm 26, David says, For I have always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. 2 Thessalonians 3, But the Lord is faithful, and He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. The powerful story is told in George MacDonald's children book, The Princes and the Goblin, written 150 years ago. He's similar to C.S. Lewis's writings of the Chronicles of Narnia. And in that story, little Irene is given a small thread attached to a ring. And it leads to a ball of thread that is to be kept by her fairy grandmother. The thread is so thin, it cannot be seen. It can only be felt. And the grandmother says, if ever you find yourself in any danger... Follow the thread wherever it leads to, to, knowing that it would lead 
to the grandmother. Irene is told that it may seem that the way is not very straight. It's going to be rather roundabout. But as long as she holds the thread, she can be sure that the grandmother is holding the other end. Not long after this, Irene senses that danger has come very close. And she begins to follow the thread. But the way becomes very circuitous. And it seems to be leading toward the danger itself. It leads to a dangerous cave that's being blocked by a bunch of rocks. And Irene thinks, well, at least I can follow the thread backwards. But the instant she tried to feel backwards, it vanished from her touch. Following the thread only works forward. She's going to have to go through that pile of stones into the cave. But as she starts to make an opening, a voice comes out. It's the voice of a friend who is stuck in the cave. And the friend is trying to get out. But Irene says, but this is the way my thread goes and I must follow it. And the thread proved to be faithful and true because the one who gave it to her was faithful and true. In whatever it is that you and I are walking through right now, we must follow our faithful Lord. He is faithful. David said, I have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. How is God leading you? Will you follow? Back to the story of Captain Brenton there in Mexico. In the faithfulness of God, 30 years after the death of Captain Brenton, 1951, new missionaries, John and Madge, arrived in Ometepec to share the gospel, never having heard of the old sea captain. Men and women were coming to know the Lord as the good news of Jesus was shared. And one day, they were approached by a young convert. And he said, I must tell you a story. He said, years ago, my aunt met a British sea captain who was traveling around preaching the same gospel as you. And he had a donkey with Bibles on it. And he stayed here in this town. In fact, she rented him a room. He died in this town. And his donkeys and his Bibles were sold to pay for his funeral. The man said, the missionary... John, he told John that every afternoon the sea captain would go up on a hill and he would pray under the tree that was there that God would send missionaries. And then he said, I want you to know that the land that you purchased and where you built your house right under that tree is the very same hill and tree that Captain Brennan would go to every afternoon to pray that missionaries would be sent here. Apparently, he said, you are the answer to the sea captain's prayers. And then he had in his possession the Bible of Captain Brennan with his name written in it. And in the margins of the Bible were references claiming the promises of God that he would be faithful to his word. The reality is that that story 
did not begin, nor did it end there. God, in his faithful providence, called and led Captain Brennan there. He led John and Madge there and other missionaries, including my family, to southern Mexico. Stories live, and we become part of them. In fact, as Rita and I went to Acapulco to live, we heard this story and others. We tell it and we become part of it. One of the Woods children, Kenton, became part of our missionary team there in Acapulco, and God used him to start a church that inherited an orphanage, Casa Hogar del Niño de Acapulco. We come to Orlando, and by God's grace, we're used to take many of you to Acapulco. Many of you sponsor a child there, or you pray for the home, or you have given shoes or Christmas gifts, as you will, in a few weeks. Your lives have been changed, and the lives of the children of Mexico have been changed. They are educated and growing and coming to know the Lord and having families. We share it with others, and it all lives on. Let me ask this. If you have been to Acapulco or helped send someone to Acapulco or sent a child to Acapulco or given shoes or gifts or prayed for them in some way, let me ask you to stand right now. Thank you. You are part of the story. You are part of the answer to the prayer of Captain Brennan. But in reality, the story did not start with Captain Brennan. If we were able, we could trace it all the way back to the roots of the gospel itself and the spread of the good news from the land of Jesus, where Jeff, our pastor, is right now with a team from Orangewood. Yesterday, they were walking along the Sea of Galilee, and Jeff told me that he was praying for his Orangewood family as he was walking there. But the, the story went from the land of Jesus to Europe, to the U.S. and Mexico, And our stories intersect. That is the faithfulness of God. This morning, I've woven one small story for us. But you know what? You have a story that is just as intricate and just as beautiful. You may know bits and pieces of that story. You may not know much of it at all. But there is a story there. And you can be assured of that. You walk with Christ today because God has written a story that you are part of. Because of His faithfulness, because of the finished work of Christ, because of the work of His Holy Spirit in your life. I wonder who has prayed for you that you have no clue of. And maybe you never will. But by God's grace, maybe you will also. God is writing a story in and through our lives. What about your story? Get in touch with it. 
be willing to follow the thread because that story is still being written. Faith, being faithful, being full of faith, depending on the faithfulness of God, allows us to see with our hearts what we cannot see with our eyes. Many of you know A.J., who works on our church staff here in IT. He's the one who doesn't want me to touch anything um, because things happen to things I touch. Just last week, A.J.'s dad in Georgia went to be with the Lord. He had been a band teacher for decades. And for a period of time, A.J.'s mom had worked in the same school just down the hall from the band room. And one day she asked her husband about that first year band room. She said, how can you stand to be in that room? It drives us crazy being down the hall from it. And AJ's dad said, I only hear the notes they are going to play. Friends, when we've been beaten down by life, when it seems that we just cannot get it right, when we mess up one more time, God, in His faithfulness, allows us the grace to believe His word and His character and His promise. Philippians 1 verse 6, I am confident of this very thing, that He who began a good work in you will continue that work until Christ comes again. We get a glimpse of what God will do in our lives, or maybe in the life of that one whom we have hurt, or in the life of that one who has hurt us so deeply. And we hear the notes that are going to be played one day by the grace of God. And not only do we hear the notes to be played, we hear the victory notes that have been played by the Lord Jesus as he gave himself for us, and as his spirit applied his righteousness to us as his beloved children. The faithfulness of God is what motivates us, empowers us, and leads us. By the way, it was this missionary and his wife, John and Madge Wood, who built the house beneath the tree that Captain Brenton prayed under, whose graves I visited in 1972. Faithful in life, faithful unto death. Let us pray. Father, would you come... Continue your work in us, maturing us. You have shown your faithfulness. Father, you have shown your love. You have called us. You have gifted us. You walk with us and you empower us. Father, grant us the grace to follow your lead and to trust deeply in your love for us, for the glory of God, we pray. Amen. There's a beautiful psalm, Psalm 136, that in the Jewish tradition is called the great psalm of praise. Today, we have considered God's faithfulness as our awesome God. And the natural response to God's people is one of praise, 
Imagine in Psalm 136, the people of God being in the temple of God and the worship leader is recounting God's faithfulness in the past. He's telling the story and the people are responding in every verse, giving thanks by saying, for his faithfulness is everlasting. Your Bible may say his mercy or his loving kindness. The Hebrew word here is hesed which speaks of the covenant faithfulness of the Lord. It is rendered in English as mercy or loving kindness or faithfulness. As I read select verses from this psalm, I'm going to ask you as the people of God to respond by saying, for his faithfulness is everlasting. This was not just their story. This is our story also. Let us hear God's word. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. To him alone who does great wonders. To him who smote the Egyptians. And brought Israel out of their midst. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder. To him who led his people through the wilderness. To him who remembered us in our low estate. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. At this point, let us move to the reality of our own lives and continue to praise God in the midst of our struggles. To those of you who are struggling in your marriage, know that our God can heal the hardest of hearts in the worst of circumstances. To those who are divorced, facing battles and circumstances that never seem to end, Know that our God was abandoned on the cross while bearing our sin and shame. To those who have children that are wayward or struggling with the choices that life brings, know that our God has felt the pain of seeing his children make poor choices, and yet he has chosen to pursue us in his love. To those who are single parents, know that our God has promised to never leave you or forsake you. To those facing financial struggles and loss of employment or are underemployed, know that our God has promised to meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To those who are fatherless or motherless, know that our God is a father to the fatherless. To the widows, know that our God is your defender. To those who are struggling with secret sin, rest assured that nothing is hidden from your Father in heaven. And he has given his Son to remove the guilt of sin. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithfulness is everlasting. 
Psalm 149 says, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song in His praise in the assembly of His faithful people. Let His faithful people rejoice and sing for joy. Jeremiah says in Lamentations 3, The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Let us stand and sing together.